and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. In today's episode, we're going to talk about creating space. And what does that mean? A lot of times we hear about creating a space in your home um, for prayer time. Um, We also talk about creating time for prayer. We also hear about creating space in our heart. So what does creating space mean to you all? Um, I think it's meant many different things over the years. Most recently for me, it's all about creating space in terms of actual time. And so for me, it's been about creating that morning, like waking up in the morning and having that time with God. Because I've, I've created the space during the afternoon to do that. And then um, for the most part at night to do that. But mornings are really hard for me because the sacrificing that extra sleep is something that I do not like to do. Um, but, you know, I'm working on it. But um, so for me recently, it's been about that. And of course, that's connected. Like, I don't think that they're you know, creating space in terms of time or space in your heart or space in your room for like an altar or something. I don't think they're necessarily totally independent of one another. They're linked very much. And so my heart has been kind of yearning for that extra something because I've been, you know, having that time with God specifically in the afternoons um, with scripture and reflection and prayer and then more scripture at night and some more prayer and a little bit of reflection there. But I just, I've been wanting to have more. I've been yearning for that more and wanting to go deeper. And so for me, having that morning time, starting that time with God has been really important for me. And it seems to fulfill that a bit more. Um, So. I've kind of been along that same um, kind of journey, I guess, as Alicia. And that for many years, like I told myself, I can't wake up early. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and there have been like very distinct parts of my life where I really can't like you mm-hmm. know I have you know babies mm-hmm. that are keeping me up all that and there are still times like I mean I have a nine month old and um, but this um, just recently I really have tried to commit more time in the morning and it's been really um well, it's both sacrificial, but then it also like life giving to me in that I reckon like I, I can feel it throughout the day that whenever I have been able to get up before my kids and actually like spend a little bit of time in quiet and reflection. And um, I've started praying morning prayer uh, in liturgy the hours. It's been uh, really good for me. And kind of also, I, I, you know, there's so many things to say. You don't have to do like this rote thing. You don't have, you know, just having time with that. But for me, I've, I've kind of let go of that. Recognizing that for me, that my time, like the space that I need, like I need that structure and that focus um, to help me, to help guide me. Um, and that, so that's been like, like the waking up early. Thing. And some days it's a matter of I'm laying in bed. Um, with my phone open on on uh, divineoffice.org, nursing a baby and trying not to wake up the three-year-old who has, like, stuck his feet in my back in the middle of the night and, like, come into our bed. 
or the eight-year-old who climbs into our bed at the foot of the bed. Um, the six-year-old's the only one who doesn't ever do that. <laughs> but um, but just going like and, and, and taking those few moments to kind of dedicate my day. But then also creating space like for me, like I'm trying to, in that I feel like I'm creating more space, not just in my time, not carving out like the time, but space in my heart mm-hmm. and saying, God, there is a time for you. There is, you know, that, you know, I'm giving this to you. Um, you know, I look through my day and there's all these different things that go, but I have created this for this part. It's time, this time for you, but then other times it's, I'm allowing you to, um, to use me. Um, throughout, you know, throughout the day, not just in the morning, but like throughout, you know, the rest of the day and, and whatever we need, uh, you know, whatever you want me to be open to. And I think really giving, like changing my, my schedule, like having, like doing it, like making spice in my time has helped open up my space in my heart mm-hmm. more. Oh, I agree sense. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Before I started having kind of like those set prayer times, wasn't really, and maybe I'm sure other people are different than me in, in regard to this, but since I hadn't set, a, set aside those specific prayer times to really focus on God, I wasn't really thinking about them throughout the day a whole lot. But then when I started, like, you know, I had a specific time and I set, you know, the reminder on my phone that this is the time for God and it's however much I can give to him in that time. It's not any specific time, but whatever I can do for him right there that works for my day, then... I've slowly started to integrate, like, it's not just about, like, you know, you have you have this time for God during your day and this time for God, but the rest of the time is for everything else. It's, again, opening up that space in your heart so that, you know, you can continually have them throughout your day. But when you said about the kids getting up, mm-hmm. I know that I, with mornings, and this seems to happen, like, every single time, mm-hmm. but I'm like, all right, I'm going to start getting up in the mornings, and then my kids wake up. And no, then they come up with They you. just know. Yeah, but and then I think to myself, well, my kids get up anyways and they disrupt it and stuff. So why continue? And I find that really interesting that it happens every single time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how all this works, but, you know, it's I think God is kind of testing you. Like, are you being serious about this? Because I've said it myself and I've heard other mothers say it that, you know, well, I would do it, but I don't actually get the time anyways. Well, the point isn't necessarily that you're going to get this thing that you want every single time. It's, mm-hmm. are you going to persevere in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the faithfulness is the part that matters. The, mm-hmm. um, where, like what you said, Annie, sometimes I have my cup of coffee and I'm able to just sit there and be by myself. Other times I'm nursing a baby. I think your detachment to the way it has mm-hmm. to be is mm-hmm. really beautiful. And I loved it. I, when I see that in my mind, the picture that you created, you know, the room is dark. You've got your phone on. There's a kid feet in your back you're nursing this baby and there's another big one you might look at that and think ugh but to me that seems beautiful because that's a mother who is sanctifying her time who is instead of letting time order you around you're ordering mm-hmm. your time and i but i mean that's i think that's where my hang up has been before in the past about mornings is that I want it to look this way where it's just like me mm-hmm. and Jesus and we're just palling around like I did before I had kids, which is amazing. And that does happen. And when it happens, it's so beautiful. But 95% of the time in my house, that is not going oh, yeah. to take place. Yeah. No. And so I get interrupted and I get frustrated with that because I'm a person mm-hmm. who does not like to be interrupted when I'm in the zone. That's just part of my personality. I get really, 
So what I, I, the one thing that really helped this part of it, and this is for the mamas that are having trouble letting go of that time alone and, and needing to look a certain way every day. It's the coming to that at the same time every day that matters. Mm -hmm. That's the faithfulness. And that's where the grace comes through. Not so much how it's executed, but the grace, I think. And I have this picture in my mind, whenever my kids interrupt me, during prayer especially, and I know I've told this story on this podcast before, so forgive me, but it really works for so many different things. There was, in, um, in Calcutta, there was a reporter coming to interview Mother Teresa, and she was praying in the chapel, very much lost in prayer. as She would just kind of do that. She would just dip into prayer. You know, you read these accounts of her where she, and then she was just in it. <laughs> um, and he didn't want to go in there, and he kept, but he was, it was kind of getting to where, like, he really needed to mm -hmm. kind of get this going. So he said to one of the sisters, you know what, she'll be done. And she goes, well, what, just go in there. What are you waiting for? Just go interrupt her. And he's like, <laughs> go like interrupt her in the middle of her prayers it's what she does you know <laughs> and she's like no go ahead and so he goes in there and he takes off his shoes and he just sits down next to her and the account is that she turned to him with the sweetest look on her face as if she'd been waiting for him the whole time and they conducted the interview and he got up and left and she went right back to praying and the the way that the the story was told by this particular author is that it's like she went seamlessly from Jesus and the reporter to Jesus in prayer. There was no interruption. It was just so yeah. So for me, that was very powerful because my biggest pet peeve is being interrupted in the middle of deep thoughts. Yeah. And I think that's been where, because for the longest time, when people talked about creating space, I thought about a physical space. Like, there's a beautiful person in our lives um, before my husband and I were married. Actually, even before we were dating, I, you know, but she is actually really vocal in our formation as a couple, too. But she had, like, a chapel in her house. Like, it was a little room. It was just a little prayer room. And you hear about, you know, these other Catholic authors and things that have their their space, their table, their room, their home altars. Yeah, home altars. And I would I I would like to have that. I think those things are so beautiful. But every time I try to do it in my house, it does not work. Like it mm -hmm. gets destroyed by my children <laughs> or it gets, you know, whatever. And so I always kind of felt like I was failing there. So then I tried the morning routine. And that worked really well during COVID, but forever, <laughs> forever reason. I mean, I get no, we're still in COVID, but like the beginning when everything was shut down, really waking shut down, up, yeah. taking two hours of my morning while my kids played outside to read and drink coffee. Like you said, those beautiful moments was very easy for me to do. Two I'm, hours. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, when oh your kids goodness. are playing outside. Sometimes, sometimes my morning prayer is, uh, don't visualize this, Lord, but when I'm on the toilet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to get it in. Yeah. I mean, so, Jesus said to pray ceaselessly. Exactly. But then, like, you know, uh, the colder months, that's not possible. And and then, you know, my youngest just started, like, he started getting up more when I got up. And I have a friend who said that she invites her daughter in when she does that and just holds it. I'm like, and it sounds so beautiful. And he has done that before, like, sat down next to me while I prayed and read his own little book mm -hmm. or whatever. But then it's like, Mom, 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 Mom. <laughs> and so I felt like I was feeling in the morning routine. Because then I did go, because the thing was, is I felt he needed more sleep. 
if me waking up was going to wake him up, mm-hmm. what was the point of waking up? Because he needed the sleep because then, because like, he woke up too early mm-hmm. and he was being kind of a, mm-hmm. by <laughs> a lot earlier in the day than he would mm-hmm. have normally. So then I would start sleeping in again. But what has really grabbed me lately, I've been reading a lot of philosophy, but it's a lot about like what Lauren and Annie and Alicia have been saying so far. But it's just like this whole idea of maybe not creating space isn't, I think we, we think too physical sometimes. It's not about this, yes, routines help us do this. Yes, maybe a home altar or a space with something beautiful that reminds you with a beautiful crucifix and some religious art helps you with that focus. But this whole idea of the openness of our hearts as the space and letting that occur whenever God wants it to occur. Well, you know, that whole, like you were just talking about Mother Teresa, when somebody was in front of her, they had her attention. I've heard s- several stories about if, you know, like I don't know how many times my kids have asked me for something and I'm like, wait a minute. Mother Teresa, if somebody needs something, she was with you until mm-hmm. whatever it was was over. But like that whole like transition, because that's, she saw Jesus everywhere. There was no difference. She was continuously praying. Mm-hmm. So that she had that openness that that space was mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. She didn't need a physical space or a specific time or, or whatever. It was just this continuum of prayer. And, and maybe I'm getting a little too philosophical, but it's where I, but I've also been kind of led this way lately with a lot of my readings that space isn't the space and you don't see me do my quotation marks, but isn't temporal or necessarily even of this world, but it's relation, it's relational and internal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I think knowing that has re- kind of lifted a huge burden off of me lately. Like I, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm always trying to do better, trying to do better, trying to do better. And all I see are my feelings. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I can continuously pray throughout my day, you know, even like, it's not about, yes, all those things are beautiful and they help. But what I think when my child is going, mom, 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 mom. For me to be able to take that breath and turn to him and see Jesus in him mm-hmm. and calmly say, yes, dear, or as St. Zeli would say, yes, my child, <laughs> is that, you know, just in ha- not having that difference, like I go from my prayer straight to him and there is no difference. And I'm, that's, that's my, that's what I've been, mm-hmm. just knowing that has been like a big relief lately. Yeah, yeah I think it's just welcoming. Mm-hmm. Welcoming whatever it ha- whatever comes is 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 part of what he's allowing and what's his will, and so you're able to just. I mean, not that anybody does that. Well, we all get frustrated mm-hmm. when we get thrown thrown curveballs, especially certain mm-hmm. personalities. It's very difficult to recover from that. But the point is that you are recovering, and it may be slower, but you're getting better and better at at expecting to be interrupted and expecting to be inconvenienced. Um, St. Teresa of Avila, I was reading her the other day, and she said, when you can stop being so offended by other people's imperfections, 
like so stunned that someone could <laughs> sin against you. <laughs> when that can not create such a reaction in you, then you're growing mm. spiritually. Yes. You know, when you can just be like, eh. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> you know, not that you're unfeeling or that you're stuffing your feelings, but that you understand that that is part of the whole process is is just not being so offended all the time when someone gets in your space or gets in your time or gets in your routine or messes something up. I think that's, I think it's that reaction. That's that, Let's that, talk uh, about that because I think mm-hmm. that reactivity is our biggest enemy in this, in, in the spiritual life, but also in our emotional lives with our families. This is something that I talk a lot about with my husband and, and I learning to tamp down reactions to things and to our children and to each other, to stimulus because part of building, you know, we talk about spiritual space here, but emotional and mental space are important too. Not filling that void when we're bored, not picking up our phone, um, not rushing to the next thing because we have five minutes free. Oh my gosh, I should. Like just learning to just sit with that five minutes free that you have. Um, Why is that so hard? Well, because (laughs) a part of it is in our society and that we have a running ticker in our head. That we have to be productive and we have to get things done. And if we don't, oh no, you know, or I how will we measure like, ourselves? Yeah, I even find myself like, I'm like, I'm on my phone like, and I'm like, okay, I have, I have set on my um, Safari, like uh, home screen on my phone, the Lydia of humility, mm-hmm. like to remind myself, okay, stop and do that. But it's like, I'm even like, okay, well, I got, I got to get on my phone and at least like read a prayer. You know, yeah. I can't, I can't just be. Right. Doing nothing. And that's yeah. exactly what the enemy wants. Yeah. And what I think the biggest attack right now, if you look across the board at all the ways that the enemy is strategically trying to break down the church, some are very obvious and very loud. Some are more stealthy. The absolute absence of silence in our lives, the rush to fill every single empty moment with some meaningful thought or some meaningful practice is is a sneaky little way that the enemy is trying to keep us from ever being able to hear the voice of God. I think that this creating a space is very much tied to resting in yes, God. Yes, rest. Rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was from the Catholic Women's Conference and one of the quotes that was shared, but saying that true rest is rest in God. So it's not, because I think what you were saying is like that the devil wants us to, you know, be active and be productive constantly, and constantly is, yeah. but also just the distractions. Because so mm-hmm. often you'll just you, you're telling yourself, "I don't want to scroll through Facebook but you're, anymore." As you're doing it, but you right. just keep on yeah. doing it, right. and so yeah. it's those distractions to keep you away from resting in God. Because when I I know for me when I do that, I'm like I don't feel rested afterwards. Right. I don't yeah. feel no. you know like yeah, I had the time away in my room by myself, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah it didn't really energize me it didn't fulfill what I really needed in that moment but when I just sit in silence with God or just you know just think about him because I think that's I'm reading a book right now that Lauren graciously gifted to me about mental prayer and it was talking about how how counterproductive it can be to just sit in silence with God and try to empty our minds completely and just you know, just wait for that thing that God wants to tell us because I, I know that I've done this. I took when I when I've been told or I've read how important it is to sit in silence with God. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here. 
and I don't get anything and I don't get anything time right. after time after mm-hmm. time. And I start feeling a little discouraged and, you know, like God's not talking to me and I don't know why. And mm-hmm. I know that like, maybe it's just not the time, but they were talking about how it's, you know, not necessarily trying to empty your mind, mm-hmm. but just focusing on, because that's, that's almost impossible for us to do. Mm-hmm. And but, dangerous to try to do, by the way. Yes, because the devil can insert certain things yeah. in there. But rather than that, maybe just focusing on the cross, focusing on the love of God, focusing on, you know, a specific time where God really touched your heart. And so... And starting that time in Scripture, too, mm-hmm. is really a good way to kind of safeguard against deception. Mm-hmm. Always those, those times where you intend to enter into silence should be preceded by thinking of the love of God, by meditating on some aspect of his life or what he has done for you, like you said. Because there are movements, even within the church, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit here, which will align itself closely to mindfulness or to this idea of interior silence, of emptying the mind of all things, or just focusing on a, a re- repeating a word over and over again. And those are actually quite, not only counterproductive, but dangerous to, to a believer's spiritual growth. We need to be focusing on God. We need to be shifting our minds back to him and when those distractions come as they will you just send them on their way gently and go back to the cross and and that's so we have to be really careful not to take the world's counterfeit of meditation and not understand what christian meditation is and the difference between the two and they are and if you want to know more about that read the fourth section of the catechism if you're just curious about what should my prayer life actually look like, the catechism is actually an incredible, beautiful, uh, just compendium of Christian prayer, shockingly. But a lot of people never make it that far because you start at the beginning and you're like trudging through and you're like, oh, I'm going to go. But, you know, in the fourth section, if you skip and you go to the fourth section, not that you should ever skip it, but if you're to do a, a concentrated study, it talks about some of these dangers, about, you know, trying to, do it just right and make sure that it's just perfect and empty your mind and all these things. It's just, that's just not really how humans work. So I just wanted to issue that disclaimer. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that is still going around a lot. This idea that we need to have our minds empty and silent before God. That's not the silence of God. Mm-hmm. It's well, an interior focus on him. Yes. That's the silence. Mm-hmm. Drawing our minds and our faculties back. And I think our routines and things are important to help us start to do that. So I, I don't want to, I think earlier I might have said, I don't create, I didn't want to come across saying don't create a time to pray. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So routine, is important. routine is important. It's kind of like, you know, you, they help you create the habits so that you can continue to mm-hmm. expand and grow. They don't, you know. Don't and but my point is is don't give up on your routines just because you're distracted either, yeah. because right. I that's what I was doing as my son's getting up and in the middle of my routines stopping me from doing it. I'm like, oh, what's the point of doing this? I never get it done. And um, but the point wasn't to get it done. It was right. to start my day focused on God, mm-hmm. and, and I did that. Yeah. And. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but neither am I. Mm-hmm. And I gave him what I could, and I continued to refocus my day on him throughout the day, which, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, and I think taking a lesson from Mother Teresa, 
And I'm glad that you brought up, like, you know, it's, it's not to say that it's not important to make time for God during yes. the day, literal time, because I think... She certainly did. Yeah, she, she was <laughs> yeah. a religious sister. Uh-huh. Like she made, she yes. had vows to create that space for God every single day. And that's what led her yes. to the point of being able to see Jesus and everybody. And so, like, related to that, when children, if you have children, they interrupt you, um, you know being able to turn to them and see Jesus. And even if like, I have a hard time with that because I try to like visualize it and it doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand here, but like, you know, when they come up to you and they say, mommy in the middle of your prayer and they're saying, you know, I need a, you know, breakfast or I need you to, you know, do this or that for me. Like looking at them and being like, you know, I'm washing the feet of Jesus here. Like I'm feeding Jesus, like just mm-hmm. bringing that to your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably what mother Teresa did. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm praying here before Christ and having, a conversation with him this man comes up to me now i'm talking to christ and i'm, I'm you know obviously he's i don't want to sound heretical there like yeah christ is in this person and so what i do for this person i do for christ i'm loving on this person i'm loving on christ yes i think and nine times out of ten i'm sorry to interrupt you Annie. if you just kind of meet that need you might be able to get back to what you're trying to do a little faster. You don't want to have that intention because then you've made that the goal, but going and meeting that little emotional need, whatever it is, that physical need, then all of a sudden they're sated and they're, you're, you know, and if they're not, then they must need more of the Jesus that you need too. And I think that's, it's almost like the Lord is saying, bring me, bring that baby to me into my space. I think we forget that we live in a mystical world that just because we can't always see what's going on all around us, there are angels always in the room with our children, in front of our children, near our children, near us. There are saints that are there that we have invoked, people praying for us. We are completely and totally surrounded by the mystical world every second. And the irony is that half the time we don't even realize that. Mm-hmm. But when you enter into prayer, you dip your finger into that stream, that completely opens up. And you are bringing your child to the foot of the cross mm-hmm. with you. The graces that you receive, so will that child receive. So, you know, I'm kind of, this is a win-win situation. It's super, super fast. I love that you said that because we're talking about how we can, you know, do this for Jesus by helping our child, but by turning our focus away from our specific prayer time and meeting the need of our child. Like, we're doing it for them, but we're also being Christ for the child. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that you said that. I think it all comes back to what you said, Lauren, earlier about, um, you touched on that, the, the, the reaction or reactivity. Um, I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> but um, we had a, I had a conversation with this about Lauren, with Lauren several years ago. I don't know if she really remembers it. But um, I had been reading um, Matthew Kelly's book, Rediscover the Saints, and he was talking about St. Francis and about how, um, you know, you know, uh, God told St. Francis to repair my church. And so what did he do? He went out and he repaired the church. Um, he he built, fixed the church. But that wasn't what God was asking him. He was asking him to repair the interior of the church. Mm-hmm. So there's that difference between reaction and response. Mm-hmm. When you react to your child, when you react to, you know, whatever it is that God's calling you to versus responding. And and, listen, and that there's that listening aspect and, and that... Um, you know, really finding the heart of what God wants us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk a lot because we're moms about children being, a dis- being distracting our time or taking our, our focus and trying to 
create that focus, see Christ in them. But, you know, for any of you who aren't, aren't married or aren't moms, there you have to do the same thing with other distractions. Like you get a phone, you sit down to pray, you've got your time, and you get a phone call. Or, you know, you, you have to make some, you know, sometimes... Huh, my mom doesn't usually call me at this time. You have to take that to call. Take you know, you know, those those are you know, don't react and you know, you still have to think about your reactions to those. Don't go, oh, another interruption to prayer. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, just take it as it is and re and just continue mm-hmm. with your journey of Christ. I just want to acknowledge no, that there's no, other distractions besides kids. Okay. That, I think that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, even at work. Itself is, is a part of a trauma response. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are finding yourself just flying off the handle really quickly at something your kid does or very triggered by something they do and you just react instantly like that. You know, they say that trauma doesn't come back as a memory. It comes back as a reaction. And so when we're having these very strong reactions to the things that our children or our spouses or our friends or our bosses are doing, that is an indicator that something is going on in our heart that we need to make some space for. Mm -hmm. If we can make our space between the initial instinct to react, that little pause that we can take to let Jesus respond to our need there, that creates mental space, which is what we're also talking about, not spiritual space, Mm -hmm. emotional space. I was about to go. The mental space Mm -hmm. to be able to say, wow, that that was a really strong reaction inside of me. I I don't want to pass that on to my child. I don't want to teach them how that 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 is how you respond. What happened? What's going on inside of me that I'm feeling this way? That something happened. And, and and I know that seems kind of, some of you are going to be like, okay, come on, seriously. They're just yeah. annoying. That's why I react. <laughs> Which is true. But, well, a lot of times I react. I'm, I'm very aware of it that I feel like I'm not being listened to. Mm-hmm. And when I've asked for something to be done and it doesn't get done, and I ask again, I've had a series of things in my life that I feel like people aren't Abandoned listening or advanced. Yes. Yeah. And so... It's like, I know where it's coming from. And I do apologize and say, you know, I feel like you weren't listening to me. I reacted that way. It doesn't make it right. But this is why I did it. And I think that's the other thing, too, that, yes, we're trying to not react. And I think we've talked about this in a previous, being that non-anxious presence. Yes, I love that. Quoted that to myself And so we work towards that. But I think the other thing, Part of that is also owning up to, you know, I'm, we're Catholic, so we do this in confession also, owning up to our feelings. Or, and I think we do that with our children, with our friends, with our um, coworkers and things like that too. Like, So if you do react, don't just act like it didn't happen. Own up to it. Say, mm-hmm. you, and you don't have to go into your whole life story. I'm really bad about doing that too, is giving <laughs> the whole background as to why I reacted that way. <laughs> but just... Going in saying, I did this, and it doesn't make it right, but there is a reason behind it, and I'm sorry. And just own up to your reactions, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what I try to do with my kids is tell them, you know, like, that this is, I, I yelled, and I shouldn't have done that. I should never have done that. I, you know, did whatever. I should not have done that. The reason why I did it was this way. Um, I should have taken a breath 
and gone on. I've, I've got into conscious discipline a bit and I still practice some of those mm -hmm. things. And so for me, like I try not to say, you know, I'm sorry about this, but this is what you did because mm -hmm. the, but basically it negates what I just said about, I'm sorry. And mm -hmm. it's like, I'm sorry, but you did this thing over here. So like, I try not to do that, but, um, <laughs> that's just what I learned, learned from that thing or whatever. So I try to take that into account when I'm doing it. So it's, it's kind of hard though. Cause I'll, you know, be telling them and I'm like, so I reacted this way. And then I'm trying to think of like, how do I phrase this? I don't know. But one thing that I learned from, from that, that type of method of, of parenting is that there's a, like a scientific reason why too, we fly off the handle mm -hmm. is because when we have that reaction, we get mad, we get, you know, whatever, whatever the, the reaction is, something happens to us there's different parts in our brains where we have like emotional kind of side of our brain mm -hmm. and a more um, thinking side of our brain. Mm -hmm. And when we lose control like that, it pulls oxygen away from the mm -hmm. thinking and rational mm -hmm. part of our brain and pulls it into the emotional. So one thing I've been really trying to do and my kids <laughs> are good at reminding me is to when I, I feel that way about my kids doing something or about somebody else, my husband doing something or whatever, I like try to remember to stop and I take a really big deep breath yeah, sometimes like does. 50 uh -huh. of them <laughs> because it literally gets physically oxygen, gets back, oxygen right? back into the thinking side of your brain so that you can actually think because otherwise like you're physically it's physically much more difficult if not impossible to do it well and the reason being it for um the emotional what you're calling the emotional part of the brain is also where your our flight and mm -hmm. fight reflexes are Which is where the so is. Yeah. yeah and so i love that you started bringing in the mental health part of it because i think i know we're talking about creating space but routines mental health physical and spiritual health are all intertwined with each other so when you're working on your spiritual health, growth there is going to help your mental health and it's going, which is going to help your physical health, which is going to help. They're all tied within each other. So I think it's important to, if there's a mental block for you to create space to, like you were saying, why am I doing this? To talk, to go into that and see why this is affecting things. And that will open up the spiritual and it'll open up, our our ability to create the routine too because when if we know this is the issue i know i can do this as part of my routine to try to help that i can breathe when i feel that way people don't yeah. think sometimes people think of routine as our schedule but it's also the things that we do when we feel certain ways also right. really yeah, our yeah our habits are well, part of our routine along this whole conversation if you can catch it is less reaction yes to stimulus like when we're interrupted in our routines and we're trying to make spiritual space, don't react to that so much. Mental reaction, tamp it back a little bit, pause, take that step back, that deep breath. Know that it's okay when people offend you. It's okay to be interrupted. Some of us genuinely, if you look at our emotions, we generally believe that it is a crisis if we are inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. You can see that by our, like, we're like, what? But that, and, and we don't consciously do that. It's just where we're at in our space in our life but just not having the space to just kind of move that reaction back mm -hmm. it's about the heart get stuck on the physical you're going to lose the heart and as always thank you for joining us thanks thank you join us again in two weeks when we continue this discussion until then 
May God bless you and may Mary accompany you.